1: How are you today? Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. I'm sorry, I'll calm down. I know, you know, it's a weekend. Some of you are listening Sunday morning. Maybe uh, I should be a little quieter. I know how that is sometimes. I know because I could see Kim Schaffer wincing. Hey, Kim, how you doing? 88. (laughs) Okay, when you wake up, 80 8888-ASK-LEO. That's my phone number. 888-827-5536. Toll free from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. And if you're not in those areas, use Skype or some other internet. (laughs) I do do podcasts, you know. Uh, In fact, this show's a podcast. And I've heard from people, mostly long-suffering spouses like you, Desiree, that uh, while their spouse is listening, they find it very soporific and they go to sleep and they fall asleep. So I'll try to use my bedtime voice Shh, as we do the show today. 8888-ASK-LEO, uh, that's the phone number, website is techguylabs.com. And I mention that mostly because uh, that's all you have to remember. You don't have to remember the phone number. You don't have to remember a link to the chat room. You don't have to remember anything I say. (laughs) It it will all be written there. As I say it, so it will be written. So it shall be written by James DeRuvo, my cheerful scribe, uh, so that you don't have to remember anything. In fact, we even put audio and video of the show there later. And you know what? I know some shows will charge you for access to stuff like that. No, it's free. You know why? we got great sponsors. They they pay the freight. So I don't need to uh, ask for any more. I get it all from from those nice people, our sponsors. Uh, what should we talk about? Well, let's see. Oh, there's lots uh, this week. The Samsung folks uh, had a little event in New York City announcing a new phone. <laughs> it's every week now, isn't it? Every week there's a new phone. Now, Apple is, you know, interesting. I, you know, there's it's it's a, both on a good thing and a bad thing. On the one hand, you know, there's only going to be a new iPhone once a year. Next month. In fact, they'll probably announce it less than a month from now. Next, uh, probably early, early September. The rumor mill says it'll be available on the 16th. iPhone 7, whatever you want to call it. I, have, I feel like Apple might stop doing the number thing. You know, they've they've rebranded everything. Uh, it started by uh, not calling themselves Apple Computer anymore. They said now we're just Apple. I thought that was interesting. That was kind of telling. In fact, wasn't it? That was met some years ago. Uh, now they say it's not uh, OS 10; it's Mac OS, and Watch OS, and TV OS, and iOS. Those are the OSs. They released an iPhone last uh, year, the iPhone SE, that had no number. It was really an iPhone 5, that's why they didn't want to tell you. The iPhone SE. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, they call it, you know, I don't know, the iPhone Max. No, that's a terrible name. We hear it will be uh, the first iPhone, in fact, one of the first phones, not the only phone, there have been others, without a headphone jack. Interesting. Uh, I kind of like the headphone jack, but there's, there the, the thinking is uh, it's an antiquated <laughs> thing. Well, you know what else is antiquated? The keyboard's antiquated, too. But, uh, well, I guess Apple's phasing that out bit by bit as well. Keyboard's probably the most antique thing we use today on a computer. That old QWERTY keyboard was designed more than a 100 years ago. And the problem is you learn how to use something like that, and uh, you don't want to redesign it. You don't want to change it because it works. It's not the best design. Far from it, but it works. You might say the same thing about a headphone jack. Apple uh, apparently will start making lightning you know the lightning connector that they they'll still have that they'll have headphones with lightning connectors and there are some of those. It's been tried before. The very first Android phone didn't have a headphone jack, but that was in a day when people really um, weren't listening to music on their phones so much. It was just a phone. More recently, Motorola, which is owned by Lenovo, released its Motorola Z. And without a lot, without a headphone jack. Um, see any Z's in the wild? No. Uh, Verizon's selling them as the Droid Z or the Droids, <laughs> but I don't. I think people want a headphone jack. This will be this is a real test of Apple's brand loyalty. You don't need a headphone jack. Eh, all those headphones you got, throw them out. You don't need them. Buy one from us, with our special patented Lightning port. My friend Steve Gibson actually has an interesting theory. Uh, he says, because you're using the lightning port, those headphones could be, can, that's a data port as well as a music port, as well as a charging port. Those headphones could be smart. What if they were, for instance, maybe this would do it for you, noise-canceling headphones. They could do that. You could use a microphone in the phone, microphones on the headphones, cancel out noise. How much do we pay for those Bose Quiet Comfort? Earbuds and headphones, those are expensive. Mm, that's interesting. Steve smart. He also said, you know, maybe uh, because they're headphones, headphones are the ultimate wearables, right? Something in your ear can measure not only your heart rate, but it could do a lot more. It could even measure blood pressure and oxygen levels and all sorts of things. Wouldn't that be interesting? Tied in because it's got a big, fast data port into your phone. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Apple's right on this one. We'll watch. Meanwhile, you do have some choices. And as I started to mention... There is a new Note now. I just, I thought, I've been a Galaxy Note fan since they came out, and when I was mocked, I was seriously mocked when uh, when I when I first started using a Note because, oh my gosh, this is this is a giant phone. This phone, this is my. I'm holding up my Note One as if you can see it. This phone, <laughs> it, what was it? Was it five? I think it was five and a half inches screen, and people thought I was crazy. And now that's all everybody wants. I'm missing I have all the notes cuz I've always been a note fan. I like a, I like big phones, I cannot lie. Those other brothers can deny. But when a big phone is in your face. You could see everything. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. I could only get in trouble at this point. You could see everything. You you got the stylus. Uh, the screens are gorgeous and the, and in theory the battery life would be great. So I thought the Samsung announcement surprised people because the battery life or the battery size, I should say, we don't know what the battery life will be, but the battery size was bigger. People were thinking it was going to be smaller. It was, I think 3450 uh, milliamp hours or 3.45 amp hours. And I thought, well wh- you know is- so I-, I pulled out my old original note. that battery is tiny. Comparatively, 2,500 milliamp hours. So, uh, and and we were happy, and we were glad. Of course, it was removable. You could put a second one in. Uh, but then, in order to be removable, had to have a plastic back. The latest Note, last year's Note, which was the Note 5, had a glass back. Couldn't replace, not only couldn't replace the battery, couldn't put an SD card in. Samsung has brought back the SD card. They brought back the waterproof. And they've added uh, an iris scanner, so it still has the fingerprint reader on the home button. Uh, it's pretty much like a Galaxy S7, only inflated to five and a half inches. Uh, but it also has, um, where's a five point, no, I think it's bigger, isn't it? It's 5.7 inches. It also has an iris scanner. So you can, I guess, we'll see how this works. Hold it up to your uh, eye and it will go. Oh, hi, Leo. I recognize your beautiful brown eyes. Those big brown eyes. Those are beautiful. Hello, Leo. Uh, now I've seen this before. A window. There's a Windows Phone, one 950 and the 950 XL. But the, it wasn't quite that experience. It was more like uh, your your dad taking a picture of you. Uh, up, up a little. No, down. No. St- okay. Back. Back. No. No. Come a little closer. A little closer. Okay. Hold. 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 No. 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 Up. Uh, no, uh, yeah, there we go. So if it's like that, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't need my dad in my phone. But uh, we'll watch. This is uh, the phone's orderable now from all the carriers and comes out August nineteenth. I'll have a review for you, of course, because I bought one. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. the tech guy? There's a nice swinging California rhythm, and there's a great swinging California lady, Kim Schaffer. Hello. Good morning. Did, you didn't go to Outside Lands last night? I'm not all the a kids, fan
2: of crowds. <laughs>
1: all the kids went. Big festival in San Francisco.
2: And I would have had to wear a parka in the middle of summer. I was sh- it chilly? I think it was. I was seeing pictures of people. But I, I've never been, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's in Golden Gate Park. It's I don't know. It's I think uh, last night was uh, Radio Radiohead. Head.
2: Yeah. yeah, tonight Lionel Richie.
1: Well, there's a contrast.
2: <laughs> Very much really, so. Yeah. Really? Really?
1: Radio head to Lionel Richie.
2: Yeah. And I don't know who was the first night's headliner. Wow. Somebody I'd never heard of, I think.
1: Well, uh, that's, you know, that's eclectic, I guess, is the word.
2: They have all kinds at uh, Outside Lands. Yeah, that's They've great. Left, my my son's country. there. That's oh, how really? I know about
1: it. And yeah. I saw pictures, and you're right. There were people who were wearing scarves and hats. Oh, yeah. I saw somebody bundled with,
2: like, up. the fur coat, line coat. <laughs> It's August.
1: Mark Twain didn't say it, but he really ought to. Yeah. He said the coldest uh, winter, winter I ever ahead. spent was summer in San Francisco.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I, that's just a word of warning anybody coming to San Francisco in s- uh, j- summer, June, July, August. Now, September, October. Beautiful.
2: Oh, when the Blue Angels are here in October, yeah. it's yeah. 90 come, degrees. It's gorgeous. Come for
1: Fleet Week. Yep. Stay for the sailors. It's <laughs> it's That's the motto, I believe, isn't I it? I
2: hang out in uh, San Francisco all that week. <laughs>
1: for a while i don't know if they still do this uh they had a um host a sailor in your home thing that they would do
2: oh i'm gonna have to check that and out. i always thought
1: that's interesting <laughs> um but that's just me uh so uh hello kim shaffer <laughs> hello i did i think i think i gave out the phone number Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. 88 ask was yeah. it sufficient to generate some phone calls
2: yeah i mean maybe they just know it by now but you got a full board <laughs>
1: a full board
3: Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
1: Rich in Tucson, line two. Hello, Rich. Hey, Leo. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Sure. I have
4: a question for you. Before I get to that, I do want to say that I know you love audiobooks, so I have an audiobook
1: recommendation for you. Oh, I'll always take an audiobook recommendation. Go ahead. All right. It is
4: The Zombie Sheriff Takes Tucson, a love story.
1: <laughs> it's about your it's hometown. A, Isn't that sweet? It is.
4: It's, <laughs> a, it's a zombie story set in the Old West. Now, full <laughs> disclosure, I'm recommending it because I narrated it.
1: Oh, nice. Are you uh, – now, where did you – is it on uh, audible.com? Where do you narrate? It is. Yeah, it is there. So I should mention Audible uh, is a uh, Amazon's audio book store, and uh, it is a, they are a great sponsor of our uh, podcasts. So –
4: and I know that you mention them frequently, and that's how I know you like audiobooks.
1: Zombie Sheriff takes Tucson. Yep. All right. I uh, that's that's uh, that's one for the the books. A love story yet? So I'm talking to Rich. I'm talking to Rich Miller. That's right. Hey, nice to meet
4: you. Audiobook narrator, which actually leads into my question. I you know do? I'm looking at all
1: the books you do. You do a lot of them. This is great.
4: Quite a few, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's been a good run so far, and I really enjoy doing it. So. Do you do
1: those in your home, or do you go into a studio? How does that work?
4: I do. No, I've got a home studio set up with a, a good large diaphragm condenser, um, good interface, and um, I use a couple of different, couple of different uh, um, DAW software packages to get everything recorded and mastered.
1: Let's listen to a little... I'm going to embarrass you now, Rich. A little sample of the (laughs) zombie sheriff.
4: Surprises have been known to lead to heart attacks, early labor, and being hit by an eco-friendly bus. This is why many people don't like surprises.
1: Oh, I got to get it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> nice to meet <laughs> well, you, Rich. I'm
4: glad, glad it sounds good to you. It's good to meet you, too. <laughs> so, that, so that actually leads into my question, which is about transferring large files. I'm, I'm sure, as you can imagine, um, audiobook files can get rather large. How large? Um, you know, tens, maybe depending on the size of the chapter, uh, more megabytes. Oh, that's not that big. We're not talking gigabytes. No, no, definitely not gigabytes, but, but they're fairly large, and what I'm concerned about is making sure that I have a secure way of transferring yeah. them to a publishing company and also a way that's um, – I know that there's no guarantees in the world, but something that is going to be much less likely to maybe corrupt a file in the process. Yeah. So what I've been doing is I've just been using a shared Dropbox folder. But I know that you've talked about Dropbox in the in the past. And oh, and I should say this is not through ACX because of course they have their own system. Um, this is for other publishing houses yeah. where I just yeah. need to get them. But it's follow.
1: a common issue: is how do I send big files? And of course we always say don't attach them to the email. Uh, right. A file, even a ten megabyte file, could be could uh, fill somebody's email boxes. There are still email boxes that have limits like that. So it, you always want to send an attach, not an attachment, but a, a link to a file. It also is better for security purposes because uh, right. often viruses and uh, worms are attached to emails. So good. And Dropbox is probably what I'd recommend. You're worried about security. You can uh, encrypt it before you upload it. So a very good way to do this is to use Zip. You know, one of the compression utilities, Zip is the most common, and Zip has uh, the ability to put a password in it, and it uses good encryption. Now, you'd have to share the password with the publisher, but, you know, you send him a separate email saying, hey, the file's going to be uploaded to Dropbox, as usual. The password uh, is your last – and by the way, you don't have to put the password in the email either. You could say is uh, page 32, first word, second paragraph – and yeah. and uh, and that way uh, the publisher would know what it is, but no one else would. So there's ways to sure. make that more secure. I think Dropbox is a good choice. I have stopped using Dropbox only because I wanted. I'm experimenting with doing my own cloud, and this would be another way to do it: is to store it yourself on a server and have on your server and have them download it. And I've been doing that with. You know, I have to do the same kind of thing. I record. Uh, commercials for the radio stations and promos and hide leo the tech guy and don't forget to tune in wzzz uh, and so those are uh the same thing i have the same issues with sharing video files and i've started doing that on my own server but i think if you just encrypt it or you know scramble it with zip and put it on dropbox it's doubly secure i mean dropbox is secure it's not that's okay. not really well, a concern. That's, that's good. Yeah, I,
4: I had heard that it was more of a concern than some other ways. To it's not it, so HIPAA
1: just, compliant. HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability uh, Act, is uh, is all about uh, patient record security, and mm-hmm. so for some, you know, there are certain things that a, a, a cloud storage solution has to do to make it HIPAA compliant. Apparently, Dropbox does not. There are there are companies like a, a former sponsor Citrix ShareFile that are. Um, and so you're not sharing patient records, but presumably the standard of patient records would be sufficient for an audiobook chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so share file, so commercial, but that's co- more expensive. It's commercial. Um, it's a good, it's a very good product, and it certainly solves that issue. Um, Dropbox, don't do they have to? I don't think they do. They don't have to create an account, do they, to download it? Because that's a dis- no.
4: I don't believe so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that the publisher that I've been working with has not. I just shared a folder with their email address and i know that they were able to access everything yeah
1: yeah well that's you know that's kind of this the reason i stopped using dropbox for radio stations is if you delete the file which some stations would do it deletes it for everyone (laughs) so Uh, i I had to stop doing that Uh, and i started using sharefile because it gave me permissions to to say you can't delete this but i think if security is the issue dropbox is fine the only reason I think it's not HIPAA compliant is because Dropbox employees theoretically could look at your data, but who cares about that? Hey, it's nice to meet you. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. So if you have an area of expertise, you know, you could set up a free blog. There's all sorts of places to do that and, uh, and put it up there. Don't put it on Facebook or Twitter alone. Have a, go to Blogspot, Google's free blog or wordpress.com. Create a Create a little blog of your the stuff you know, because we all benefit from that. Or contribute to Wikipedia, you know, if you if you want to be uh, an editor uh, at Wikipedia. There's lots of ways you can contribute to the kind of the body of knowledge that is our Internet. And it, it, it's an amazing resource. Uh, Dave's blog, uh, which is all about uh, ed, education tech or edtech, as he said, is oftechandlearning.com. And it's really quite nice, oftechandlearning.com. And uh, incidentally, we'll put that in the show notes. We have a website ourselves called techguylabs.com, and that's where I actually James DeRuvo and and, and uh, Josh Windish put all the stuff I say up there. They write it down. So you don't have to remember it. Uh, techguylabs.com. Gary's in Rancho Cucamonga, our next caller. Hi, Gary.
5: Hello, Leo. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. I am calling because tomorrow is the first day of school for my wife's classroom. Leah teaches up in this area, and uh, she is in the need of a new printer. There's some specifics we're looking for.
6: Okay. And I'm hoping you can
5: give us a recommendation. We, we want to go with a laser printer, something that's uh, per cost of page, uh, inexpensive within the yep. budget. Yep. You know, uh, it needs to be duplex as well and uh, preferably um, wireless.
1: Duplex means it'll print on both sides of the page. And, of course, in a school, saving paper is a good thing. Um, the best inexpensive laser printers uh, that I've seen are from – well, now we should mention our sponsor, Epson. They are a sponsor. They're wonderful, and they make excellent laser printers. I've had an Epson laser for years. But uh, low-cost, of course, important in a school, and Brother makes some very inexpensive, um, low-cost printers f- that are better for – as long as your volume isn't huge. She's not going to print thousands of pages a day or a week, is she?
5: It, it'll be hundreds over hundreds the course of the year, and we're looking you at know, factoring the cost of the toner as well.
1: Yeah, I would look at Brother. Uh, they do all of that. They do the duplex printing. They do the um, – uh, wireless uh and their prices are remarkably low um and i think quite good you know laser i remember my first laser printer was an apple laser writer it was really expensive but uh as, as with all technology the longer it goes the economies of scale kick in more factories making the parts more more parts means cheaper prices and prices have dropped i, mean, I see laser printers from brother as low as 100 bucks Well, so uh i would absolutely would, uh, I'd, I'd be comfortable recommending uh brother you don't need color right
5: Correct. She's got a. Um, she has an Epson printer from your recommendation as well, but just for sheets for the kids to work on, stuff like that. Again, we're looking for economy per page cost, that type of thing.
1: The lowest cost brother that does duplex and wireless is $99.99. 99 dollars, less a penny less than a hundred bucks. Amazing, mm-hmm. right? And and you and you're right when you're talking uh, toner cartridges, uh, it comes down to pennies a page, three or four cents a page, compared to inkjet. So uh, I guess that's what I'd recommend.
5: Excellent. And at ninety nine ninety nine, you'll uh, link that model on the on the website.
1: Yeah, it's the uh, L. Well, I mean, you can look at them all. I'm looking actually uh, at the Brother website. It's the and so this is this is uh, well, they say estimated street price. Um, it's uh, the HL L two thirty SW. But if you just look at all of the L two three O printers, actually, it's the L two three O five is the wireless one. It's a it's got a W. Um, there's one for one hundred twenty bucks. It's a little faster, also wireless and duplex. Very high resolution. We're 600 DPI now. The first Apple Laser Writer, which was thousands of dollars, I think $5,000, was okay. 300 DPI. This is twice as high. 600 means you won't see any dots. It'll be very crisp printing. Very good. Yep. And uh, and you can, you know, I, I would, pr- as always, price the consumables, look at the toner cartridges, see how many pages, and you can do the math yourself. But laser generally is uh, less expensive per, per, per page. Uh, and thanks to your uh, your wife for teaching. Such an important job, right? My favorite bumper sticker. If you can read, thank a teacher. If you can read this bumper sticker, thank a teacher. We forget that, right? Somebody taught you to read. Maybe your mom, but more likely your first or second grade teacher. That's a pretty big gift, isn't it? Our show today brought to you by Carbonite Online Backup. Let me give you a little plug for Carbonite, and then we'll talk to Michael in Fountain, Colorado. He, uh, he's, he's he's getting an error or a warning from his hard drive. But first, let us let's talk about what to do when you get a warning from your hard drive. Thank your lucky stars that you have Carbonite, Carbonite Online Backup. It's continuous, it's automatic, so even if you don't get a warning and your hard drive just goes, <laughs> you'll have a great backup of your data. And while it's important to have local backups, I'm not against local backups, The best kind of backup is off-site because it isn't just hard drives dying. It's fire. It's flood. It's tornado. It's bad guys stealing everything in your house that you have to worry about. Backup is all about planning for disaster. And I know nobody wants to think about it, but it happens. And what you should be thinking about is what would I do if I lost what's on my computer? Your tax returns, your emails, your pictures, your great American novel, your brilliant musical composition. Those things are precious. And if you're not backing them up, you're really taking a chance. Carbonite is awesome. Low cost, you pay a flat rate for as much data as you have, as little as $5 a month, and you actually pay by the year. So it's less than 60 bucks for everything on a Mac or a PC. It's continuous, it's running on the background, so you, you know, you add four notes to that composition, they're backed up. And on Windows, it does versioning. That means you don't have to worry about ransomware. That's really important. Windows is, you know, this is a nightmare. 90, 90% of all the phishing emails coming out right now have ransomware viruses attached. That means the bad guy encrypts your data and says give...
2: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved,
4: we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
7: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce
1: you lucky
2: for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
1: Give me 300 bucks. He talks like this. Give me 300 bucks or you'll never see your data again. He's gone. And uh, I don't know if he really talks like that, but, <laughs> but that's a bad thing. Unless you have carbonate, then you go, well, yeah, okay, see you later, bad guy. You erase the virus. Or- Get rid of it and download your data, and you're good. Try it right now for free. No credit card needed. Carbonite.com. And use my name, Leo, for the free trial because you'll get two months free with purchase. you got to back it up to get it back. Do it right with Carbonite. I hate Carbonite. He backs up data. No ransom for me. Gary Rancho. Uh, no, I just talked to Gary. I'm now talking to Michael, Michael in Fountain, Colorado. Hi, Michael. Hello. Hello.
8: the old bugger who insulted Prince Philip. Oh, no. Whoa. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you made me fall into my microphone no, okay
8: sorry,
0: <laughs> uh, what, uh, what can really, i do for you
8: well i have a question but first i have a proverb which is it's not that you have too many tools it's that your toolbox isn't large
1: enough ah i like it i like well, it well it. it's true yes you one sure. must have the right tool for the job that's it never peel a banana with a hammer it doesn't
8: work very well no no second A YouTube site that I would recommend you, it's a shame you're only going to be in Stockholm one day. Oh, I can't wait, yeah. uh, Because uh, this website has an American who lives in Stockholm who does it. It's The Great War. Every week he does a show about that week in The Great War. He's already covered two years of it, World War I. Wow. His name is Indy Nidell.
1: I'm looking at it right now. This looks great. This is a this is an example of how YouTube has changed the world. This is effectively a history TV show, but yes. he doesn't put it on the Discovery Channel. He puts it on YouTube. Yes, really nice. Yeah, they shoot it in
8: Berlin, but he is in Stockholm. And when you said oh, I got to find a good restaurant, I was I went King Indy Idell, but you're only going to be there one day, so I know you may not uh, cross paths.
1: Yeah, anyway, I would love to think... meet him. Look how beautifully produced this is. This really is. Discovery Channel quality. I mean, this is amazing.
8: It is. It is incredibly
1: informative. I've learned more that I didn't know. Another example of somebody who has a great passion just putting it out there on the Internet and making the Internet an amazing resource. Hey, we have to take a break. Can you hang on through the news? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll be right back to you about your SSD issue. But we do have to pause. The, the, The pause that refreshes. News at the top of the hour. I'm Leo Laporte, the tech guy. More calls right after this. Well, hey, hey, hey! How are you today, Leo Laporte, the tech guy? Time to talk about computers, the internet, home theater, digital photography. Chris Marquardt will be joining us about half an hour to talk about that. Smartphones, smartwatches, virtual reality helmets, and all that jazz. 8888-ASK-LEO. Anything with a chip in it, I'd love to talk. Electric vehicles, 888-827-5536. Toll free from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada and outside that area. Um, Just use Skype and we can talk. Disney is releasing its own messaging app for Kids. Remember, remember, does Sony still do this? My first Sony, remember that they were released like Walkman for kids with big primary colored plastic buttons and things. As and you know, if you think about it, it's really pretty obvious that the company's using that to kind of get them early, right? Get them early, because it, it is true that once you develop brand loyalty, you, you you know you you kind of without thinking will continue to buy that brand. Until something convinces you not to not to go there anymore. I think Sony <laughs> experienced that. Uh, uh, no longer the dominant consumer electronics brand, obviously. Disney uh, doing kind of the same thing. My first messaging app. But I think this is a good idea because kids do want to use messaging. And if they're under 13, you know, I mentioned in the last hour, we were talking about the, the COPPA, the Child Online Protection and Privacy Act which has uh, strict rules about collecting information about kids under 13 and advertising to kids under 13 and all of that. Uh, because it's presumed, and I think this is accurate, that a, a child probably uh, you know, doesn't have the capacity to know what they're giving up. So you have to have parental permission if they're under 13. You can't join Facebook, for instance, if you're under 13 or you're not supposed to. They don't really check your ID on the uh, at the door or anything, but... Uh, the idea being that Facebook doesn't want to... I don't, we don't want to be responsible. Disney, they don't, I, we want to be responsible. So this is kind of a, aimed at tweens and their families to kind of compete with uh, WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and Snapchat. It really would probably isn't appropriate to give an 11-year-old Snapchat. Disney Mix uh, has not just chatting in there, but games... You can make, you know, meme-style images. You can share stickers. All the things kids like to do. They say they've learned from Club Penguin, the Disney uh, online site. But wasn't, <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Club Penguin kind of one of the reasons we have the Child Online Protection and Privacy Act? <laughs> uh Club, Club Penguin's cool, but uh, I think early in early, it was early, right? It started in 2005, and they were collecting inf- lots of information about uh, the kids until the government stepped in. In any event, they're going to have now a, um, yeah, I think this is good. If your child is begging you, please, I want to use Snapchat. The problem is the Disney name, right? especially for like a 12-year-old. I I couldn't, when our, we have a 13-year-old now, but when he was 12, I couldn't really, I can't really see, oh, here, try this Disney app. It's not going <laughs> to, what am I, a princess here? What am I, Pocahontas? Come on. I don't, I want Snapchat. It's huge. But they do have, and I like this, a series of community rules about staying safe, being respectful of other people, keeping it clean and all that. And I think that's great. And there are moderation capabilities. Disney will be monitoring it and will ban temporarily or permanently uh, any users from uh, misusing or breaking the rules. So that's good. So if you're looking for something to to respond to the kids, and you know, if a kid's an eight-year-old, they're going to go, yeah, oh yeah, that's cool. Yes, young as eight, seven kids, kids, kids want to. They want to participate. They want to do it. They want to be in – and I th- I'm think i of the opinion that since our children are growing up in a digital era, that their life will be filled with this. And to some degree, their ability to get a job will be determined by their competency in this. Uh, it's probably not – I don't think it's a bad thing to, to give them iPads. Uh, you know, you have to judge how young. I used to say – and I think my advice is now dated – but I used to say – a child doesn't need a computer till they start having to write papers and do research, say, fourth or fifth grade. They don't need access to a computer until then. I, I, think, my, I think I have to change my tune now. What do you think? I mean, I know two-year-olds using iPads very successfully and happily. I, there's still no substitution for, uh, no substitute for parental supervision, for sure. You know, I wouldn't just give a kid an iPad and say, go play, kid. I, I'll see you in five hours. But I think they need to be comfortable with this technology, and I think uh, there are real advantages to a kid having a cell phone. I know this is really heresy, but uh, by the time a kid's in third or fourth grade, the ability to, to call mom, you know, school lets out early, no one knew. The ability to, uh, for dad and mom to know where the kid is at all times with Find My Friends and other technologies – uh, those are those are useful useful tools. And one thing not to be under, underestimated: if you give a kid a cell phone, now you have great ammunition for getting the kid to do what you want, because you can always threaten to take away the cell phone. It's the uh, it's perfect punishment. Oh, you're going to lose your cell phone for five days if you keep that up. It, it's you need. I realize as a parent, I realize this early on. You got to give the th- kid things that they want so you can take them away right? Otherwise, you have no leverage. And as kids get older, it gets harder and harder to have leverage with a teenager. But a cell phone, oh man, that's like taking the keys to the car, right? Uh, Walmart is uh, apparently about to buy Jet.com. You ever hear of Jet.com? No, no one has. You know why? Because Jet.com wanted to take on Amazon. Oops. They raised tons of money tons of money uh to create an amazon clone uh, a couple of years ago and you had to pay a membership to use it and it just it wasn't obviously in any way obviously better than amazon i tried it once i have a friend who works there i tried it once and i didn't want to tell her but i never tried it again because i got amazon amazon's got such a lock in with prime and everything anyway good news uh for my friend Uh, Jet.com has found a uh, willing buyer in Walmart. Walmart is apparently about to spend, well, they'll announce it tomorrow, $3 billion to buy Jet.com. So a good exit uh, for Jet.com. And that's, by the way, something you should keep in mind when you see new products, new internet apps or sites and stuff pop up and go, what? Why Why would anybody shop there when you could shop at Amazon? And just remember that the end game may not be really to beat amazon the end game may be and often is to be bought by somebody bigger and i mean walmart's got to do something to compete against amazon so having an effective online strategy is very important three billion no big deal and uh, about a thousand people are going to keep their jobs which is good well maybe we'll see Walmart the only job Walmart guaranteed is the uh, the CEO and founder of jet.com in fact they got him locked in they said mark lore cannot leave for some years but uh, jet does have proprietary technology and more importantly customer data walmart's been online selling online for a long time so it's no big deal for them to get the online stuff but the customers yeah and um Walmart has some money 480 billion dollars a year in revenue so three billion big deal chump change 8888 ask Leo that's my phone number oh hang on because I was uh, I was gonna about to talk to Michael in Fountain Colorado and I will Michael right after this break and we'll talk about your SSDs they're talking to him they're saying things and he wants to know what he should do about it Leo Laporte the tech guy. the less i know makes me uncomfortable wondering if saw the show am i just an animal leo laporte the radios. tech guy 8888 ask leo michael you're so patient i thank you uh for hanging on michael in fountain colorado i apologize i forgot about you
8: oh that's okay i've been forgotten by many people <laughs>
1: Well, anyway, you're just little have, letters on a tiny screen, so it's. Uh, I apologize, but, but I I'm glad you hung on. You hang on. Well, I have on. The
8: patience of Job, but not his afflictions.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's a good combination.
8: <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, I thank you and Steve Given, uh, Gibson, Gibson, and Paul Ferrat, You assisted me in achieving a dual boot with Windows Seven and Windows Ten. Nice. I had to solve some problems in order to get the anniversary update. Uh, I needed a new SSD, so I had more
1: storage. storage. Oh, and boy, those new solid-state drives. the kicker. So fast.
8: Anyway, I bought an OCZ,
1: which, of course, is Toshiba. Yep.
8: Uh, The SanDisk that I had had dropped my speed down on operations, but the the OCZ has brought it back up.
1: Now, that's partly due to something called trim.
8: That's the question. Uh, I loaded the tools for OCZ, and it recommends that I turn on AHCI.
1: No, you don't have to. Oh, I don't have to? No. So let me, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what trim is. Solid state drives uh, do not need to be defragged, for instance. They're different than spinning drives. Uh, In order to do something called wear leveling. They don't want to keep hitting the same cell over and over again because every cell on flash memory has a limited number of reads and writes. Actually, limited number of writes, not so much reads. So they want to kind of spread it out. They call it wear leveling. And so the data is spread all over the drive always as you're going. Um, the problem is after as, as SSDs work, they don't work the same way as a spinning drive. And so... Uh, they, the, they, they don't. They need to do something called we call we often call garbage collection. Um, there is overhead involved in getting you know releasing the the the, the cell that needs to be reused and so forth. Uh, in the old days, drives would do this in the background, but eventually they came up with a solution called trim which allows the operating system to tell the solid state drive we're not using this data space we've erased this file you can wipe it internally and the drive when it does that will speed up if it doesn't do trim over time they slow down they're still much faster than speeding drives spinning drives but they slow down they're appreciably slower now, I've talked to uh, people at Intel. In fact, I, you know, Intel ma- made the best solid-state drives. They still do, I think, for years. I talked to two of the people in the solid-state drive department at Intel a couple of years ago, and I asked them, do you need trim? One said yes, one said no. So there, <laughs> there's no agreement on this. But my drive guru, his name is Alan Malventano. He writes about solid-state drives. He taught me everything I know about solid-state drives. He works for a website, PC Perspective at pcper.com. He told me something interesting. You can invoke tr- all operating systems now have Trim, by the way. It's built into Windows 10, Windows 7. Uh, it's built into OS 10. It's even built into Android now and iOS, because those are solid state drives too on your phone, if you think about it. Um, but you can, he suggests, this blew me away defragmenting a solid state drive if you feel like it's starting to slow down not to defragment it because defragmentation is normal but to hit every cell on the drive, that's a signal to the operating system and the drive itself to trim it who knew? so try this with your old SSD Microsoft has a defragger still built into Windows defrag the drive now you don't want to do this too much. You don't want to thrash the drive. So maybe every quarter, every three months, if this or if you feel like the drive is particularly feeling slow, Alan says, I this kind of shocked me. Run a defrag on the drive. And it's not because you're defragmenting it. You don't need to. It's because you're you're reading and writing sectors which triggers the trim collect you know, garbage collection. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, so trim is built in now uh, in most operating systems. The, the, the question is, how do you trigger it? And I'm guessing that the OCZ is saying you need AHCI uh, to do it. But here's a way to do it, kind of force it manually. AHCI um, is just part of the con- disk controller. I'm, it should be enabled.
8: Well, uh, the problem is if you do a uh, install without it turned on... Oh, Okay uh the it's not recognized now search is your friend and i found both for windows 7 and windows 10 the um the uh microsoft papers on uh, how to do it in the registry
1: yeah well if you feel comfortable remember registry editing is fraught with peril oh that's why (laughs) i'm asking is it worth it yeah Well, here's here's what AHCI gives you: hot plugging. You're not unplugging and plugging it, right? You don't care.
8: No, I turn everything off and then hot uh,
1: plugging is that you can take a drive out and put one in without turning off the machine. Don't, but that is something AHCI supports. And then this is this is another thing besides trim that will help native command queuing, that can help in a multitasking environment. That can help speed up writes. Not really the end of the world. I wouldn't worry about it if you if you feel comfortable doing registry editing and you have and you feel confident that the instructions you've you've got in front of you are legit like get them from Microsoft right uh, then I'd go ahead. The reason that we don't like to edit the registry is one mistake if you accidentally change oh, they bugger everything yeah because the uh, registry editing is instant. it's not you don't you, there's no chance to back out once you change that key, it's changed right away. And uh, and that could make the machine unresponsive, unbootable, unusable. We don't want to do that. So just be careful. That's all. Okay, yeah. But I don't think you need native command queuing. I'm pretty sure you don't need hot swapping. I wouldn't don't. I wouldn't worry about AHCI. Unless...
8: Just just when I feel it's slowing down a little bit, go ahead and kick it with a quarterly with a uh,
1: defrag. I'll put a link. There's a f- great post. You know, Crucial uh, makes uh, solid state memory. There's a great post mm-hmm. on the Crucial forum by a guy who really seems to know what he's talking about. Now, this is five years old, but he talks about what AHCI gives you versus IDE. I'm surprised it's not turned on. It's usually just on, on, well, on, on.
8: Well, uh, it needs to, the old motherboard.
1: You have to. Oh, uh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is an old article that's probably suitable for an old motherboard. <laughs> there you go. And, and old yeah, user's like us. The old guy. Yeah, we are. Oh, <laughs> so I will post this uh, on the website at uh, TechEyeLabs so you can read it and see if you really feel. It. You know, what? if it's if it's a Microsoft instruction and it's just a small change to the registry, why not? You know.
8: Yeah, it's about four different places, one following the other in the registry, flipping it to zero yeah on uh, selections so uh i may read these a couple thousand times before i do i don't i don't
1: i don't i don't discount your trepidation i think that's appropriate you know i like a cautious user but i think you sound like you know what you're doing you know you're not a hothead that's where you get in trouble you go let me open the registry and mess with it leo laporte the tech guy Ladies and gentlemen, this portion of the Tech Guy Show brought to you by the amazing Epson EcoTank printers. Don't I love them? Epson's line of super tank all-in-one printers let you print thousands of pages without running out of ink. EcoTank loaded and ready to print when you are. Find out more at epson.com slash EcoTank. Look at him. He's here. Chris Marquardt, our photo guy, joins us every week to talk about digital photography and this week to give you superpowers. You'll find out more about Chris at discoverthetopfloor.com. that's where you can find out about his workshops, see his work, buy his book on film photography. Hey, Chris.
10: Hi there. How are you?
1: I am. I am great. We were talking about my trip. I just took a little weekend trip, and um, and I was trying to decide which camera. I don't. I stopped. I have camera bags. You know, I have camera bags that can hold every lens, four bodies. And I don't want to carry that anymore. I just want one little thing. I put around my neck. I look like a tourist, but I, I just want a good camera, and I just couldn't well, decide. And
10: first of all, looking like a, like a tourist is an advantage because people won't right. be, uh, well, they, they won't be scared of you. Yeah. Right. They, they will just, they will just uh, take you as you are. Uh, and if you have several cameras to choose from and you just want to take one, the, I mean, take the one that, that you are more familiar with, take the one that you get the shots with, yeah. look over your photos from the last few months and, and just look at which are the good shots and which camera did they come yeah. from? Because that is most likely the camera that you know inside out and that you don't have to think about how to do the settings in a certain situations, uh, a situation. That's the camera that's more natural to you, and that will get you the shots. If, even if the other one is maybe slightly better in some technical aspects, but the one that feels better in your hand and that you're that you're that that you're one with, that's the one that you want to take. You're
1: right, and I took the wrong one, and I didn't take any pictures I liked. Took very few <laughs> pictures. So you're right. Next time. Sorry to hear that. Well, in a way, it's preparation because I'm going in a month. I'm going away for a nice long trip to Europe, and I thought uh, I want to be ready. I want to know because again, I don't want to bring the
10: camera bag. Sure. That's challenging. Oh, I, I fully I fully understand yeah. those big DSLRs yeah. with the big lenses. Um, yeah, I'm get, over that. Whatever, I, I've moved on. <laughs> I'm Troubling going all lights.
1: mirrorless now, right? All mirrorless.
10: <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So what so, is our superpower for the week? The secret superpower, the secret photographic superpower is being able to take photos of lightning. Ooh. Like, we, we talked we, we talked about several kind of night-type shots, and we are going to do do so in the future. But uh, lightning is is a bit of a... Technical challenge, but it's not as hard as you think once you get the details done. For, before we talk about uh, shooting about uh, sh- shooting lightning, safety is of course very important. <laughs> so be, I, sh- I shouldn't safe. Do stand it, do it.
1: wet on a rock in the air. Do not do that. No, no. Okay,
10: just checking. Um, right. the, the most most of the lightning shots that I uh, ever took were from the safety of a building, yeah, an smart. open window, maybe the safety of a car. But that, that's pretty much it. I yeah. don't go out in the rain with a uh metal umbrella and <laughs> yeah. just wait for things a to kite happen so a key in okay. a jar
1: no okay yeah
10: so and there there's lots of that's recommend lots of recommendations out there how to behave in uh lightning storms yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah do that but like, now let's talk about the photography there's a problem you don't know where the lightning happens and you don't know when it happens right so so i'm um, pressing moving the camera where to where it's happening and pressing the shutter uh button isn't gonna cut it you're too, you're too slow so um the main trick is putting the camera on a tripod or any other thing that's stable. Use a wide-angle lens, the widest you have, so you cover as much area as you can. And 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 frame something that would even look good without lightning, so you have some foreground in the picture. Judy was boring.
0: Hello.
7: Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
9: It's my little escape.
7: Now Judy's the life of the party.
9: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
7: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
10: And then set the camera to a long shutter speed. We're talking 30 seconds here. And most, most cameras now can do that. So you have a long shutter speed. So that way uh, you
1: don't have to know where the lightning is going to come from. You're just recording. It's well, almost like you're you don't
10: re- have to know when it's going to come because right. within those 30 seconds, if it doesn't happen, you just take another one. Ah. Um, you have to put it – you have to, of course, point it in the general direction of the lightning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. Yeah. But uh, 30 seconds is a good time. Uh, setting the ISO at something low is a good idea here. ISO 100 will typically work and maybe F5.6, F7, something along those lines. So it's all in manual, um, and then you keep shooting one shot after the other. You keep shooting, shooting, shooting. Uh, last time I did lightning uh, photography, it took me about two hours and several hundred shots, and um, a few of them had nice lightning in them. So uh, it's really a, a, a game of um, you spending enough time and having the patience to do that. And if you if you happen to have lightning on one shot on the left side and on the other shot on the right side, you can you can even later kind of stack them in oh uh, image you could, editor you? And kind of yeah. cheat a bit. Bring yes. them together. So, so. I
1: bet I'm i looking at lightning uh, uh, photos on Flickr and I bet you a lot of these, that's what you call a composite photo when you mm-hmm. combine multiple so photos.
10: So in order to shoot those like 30 second exposures one after the other um, you can use well either a lock remote that will, if, if the camera does um, um, burst modes you might be able to get the camera if you kind of hold down the shutter all the time to, to do one shot after the other. Some cameras have a built-in Intervalometer, which is a, yeah a timer that you can set to shoot a thirty second shot every thirty seconds, for example, and then have patience. That's the most patience. important thing. Yeah. And some of the pictures that you're looking at have a nice foreground, some some building in the foreground. That's kind of some, fun because
1: that gives you a, a sense of in the foreground. Yeah, perspective, yeah.
10: Uh, yeah, some trees or or a city in the foreground, and that gives you a perspective. That gives um, the lightning. It's, you know, it's, it's like taking a shot of the moon. If it's just the moon in there, it kind of is boring. But right. if you have some, some surroundings in it, some environment, that makes it more interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's one. I'm just looking. Again, I'm looking at the uh, Flickr. Uh, search for lightning there was one with a, with a kind of like a tractor in the foreground <laughs> right it really is kind of dramatic when you see that it's and there's
10: there's also there are also a few tips around editing those shots because um, you can do a lot in editing on those um i've read somewhere i haven't tried it but um, uh lightroom in his latest version has a so-called dehaze filter that apparently can help you get a bit of a bit of punch into the uh, lightning bolts uh, sharpness and clarity are a few things that uh, can help you and uh, play with the white balance. That's really important. You have that white balance slider in your software. And uh, usually for night shots, I would recommend something around three to three thousand six hundred Kelvin, which is a setting that you can set up there. Uh, for lightning shots, I sometimes want them even cooler, like to, to get the sky into a bluish kind of light. And that's what you can do with the light uh, with the white balance slider. You can kind of change the colors of the shot a bit in in post production.
1: And here, as a public service from uh, CAMP Mobile in our chat room. The National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, has a page on lightning safety. If you go True. to lightningsafety.noaa.gov, uh, you can read all about what not to do.
10: <laughs> how, does, how to like, kind of I like stay safe. animated GIFs on there. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> those <this animation. laughs> so, But yeah. they're right. I mean, it's dangerous. It, it is really dangerous. Yeah. And uh, people die from lightning strikes. So don't be foolish. Don't take a chance. Try to yeah. be safe. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Google lightning safety and uh, and there's even a youtube video of lightning safety tips so please take care of yourself we can't afford to lose any listeners you'll find chris marquardt at discoverthetopfloor.com, and each week he joins us to talk about digital photography each month we review an assignment we're about a month off from our assignment review i think yeah
10: yeah about a bit longer probably because we're going go to go uh, to
1: greenland right
10: yeah, I'll be, I'll be missing in action for a while. Uh, but we did some pre-recording, so yeah, I'll be sick. on every week. Um, the current assignment is fly.
1: fly. F-L-Y. So here's the deal. Take a picture. could be with a smartphone. doesn't have to be with a fancy camera. And post it on the Tech Guy group on Flickr at flickr.com. Renee Silverman, our moderator, will welcome you to the group. Make sure you tag it with the word fly, and Chris will be reviewing them in a month. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy the number if you want to ask a question make a comment make a suggestion website is techguylabs.com everything we say all the links everything even more uh on the website and so you don't have to write anything down just remember techguylabs.com no sign up no fee to portland maine we go mike is on the line
11: hi mike hey leo i'm so glad you were able to take my call of course you know, I follow your advice. You said an iPhone is right for you, so in February I got an iPhone. Uh-oh. And I love it. <laughs> oh, good. No, 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 no. I love Uh-oh. it. And Uh-oh. then you said, make sure you use the fingerprint lock and make sure that everything works yeah. well. And so I did that, and everything's great. And you said that if you're going to use it for recording, get an MV88 sure microphone. <laughs> and I got that, and I went to the Farnborough International Air Show, and I recorded great interviews nice. on different podcasts. Nice. And perfect. Everything's nice. wonderful. And the great thing to be able to do with your iPhone is to be able to put it across the room and use Siri. And when you go to bed at night, you can say, hey, Siri, turn on Do Not Disturb. And Siri always says, Do Not Disturb is on. And oh, it's great. Very nice. Up until, up until Monday when I say, Siri, turn on Do Not Disturb. And she says, you'll need to unlock your iPhone. to do Oh, it. yeah. Just out of the blue. No reason at all. <laughs> That's what she decided.
1: Well, it's in so, the settings. You can turn that off. The reason is... Uh, People can still use Siri, if it's locked, to send text messages, reveal contact information. So it's a security hazard.
11: But there's no setting to turn it off. I went to the Apple store, talked to a genius. Genius couldn't figure it out. All their phones are saying the same thing. Oh. It worked just fine to turn on Do Not Disturb on and off until August 1st. Then I uh, wonder if
1: they did an update.
11: And so I finally I called Apple, and I get a message back from Apple that says, being able to bypass the passcode to turn on Do Not Disturb was a mistake. It was a bug. And oh, they
1: disabled it.
11: it. Why would they do that? Well, great feature.
1: So I see when I go to the Siri settings, access on lock screen, and there's a switch, an on-off switch. You're right. saying, turn. let me try it. You're saying turning that off.
11: It doesn't matter. how. doesn't you matter. It, as long as you have a passcode, if you say the magic words, I don't want to say Yeah, up. yeah,
1: don't yeah. say them on the air. And I'm going to, uh, let's see how I can do because I want to try it. So am I, I've just turned off my uh, my iPad. Let me let me try this. I'm going to mute my mic briefly here. Turn on do not disturb. Well, she didn't even respond at all. Hello? <laughs> Hello, computer! It, does she wake up for you? Yeah, because she says something, right?
11: Yeah, she wakes up. It's no problem. I can still dial.
1: She's not even listening That's to me I
11: can check the weather. I can do anything other than turn on do not disturb because when it says that it says you'll need to have unlock your iphone for that well my series
1: not even responding at all now so i don't know what's going on yeah well there you go you found uh, you found a um, it's not a bug it's a
11: feature well they turned the feature off and without even telling you that they were turning it off why would they why would they why would you know well, i guess it's a great and powerful apple knowing better
1: that's right welcome to the world of apple uh, you're, that's a really good point, and I did not know that they did. That must have been one of the updates. They just pushed out uh, 933 or something.
11: And they pushed out 934, but it had, it, it, they did it before 934 came out. Yeah, and I'm sure that they, they pushed out, what it had nothing to do with the new I'm iOS. I'm sure
1: it was a, what they called a security update, and the security updates they're usually a little opaque about. They don't want to give bad guys any hints. So even if you drill down and read it, it may not have said disables – siri and lock screen but that's really good to know that
0: and the
11: interesting thing is that a friend of mine who has the beta ios 10 still works fine on that ah
1: oh that's why it's not working i have ios 10 ah well that doesn't mean anything all that means is they haven't enabled that part yet (laughs) so i suspect i suspect that they uh that they will let me just try this now so i am on ios 10 so maybe that's the issue let me turn it off again um. Turn on Turn on. Do Not Disturb. You'll yeah, you'll need to unlock your iPhone and iPad first. You're right. Yeah, um, I, this I is mean, 10, by the way. This is the latest version oh, of 10, okay. so they've obviously re-enabled that feature.
11: Yeah, well, I don't – you know, it was such a great feature to have for like six months, and then they <laughs> turned it off, and it's, it, it doesn't hurt anyone. You know, it's only helpful. Well, it does. The it does. The room. It,
1: that particular command doesn't. But there are other commands you can give Siri with a lock screen that, rele- that reveal information. You could even send texts if you had in the past, and so obviously they decided. Uh, but
11: you can still do that. You can still send. You a can text. still send texts. Still dial the phone. Yep. Still send texts. Still dial the phone. Still do anything else. You just can't turn on. Well, that's do really dopey. Is it dumb?
1: Turn on Do Not Disturb. Uh, she's not listening again. Um. Huh. Huh. Well, you know, people come call me all the time and complain about Apple, and all I can tell them is that's the deal. When you buy Apple stuff, Apple decides for you, and most people like that. Uh, they, they prefer that, that notion that Apple's going to pick the best thing for you. And the only time it really comes up, really, is when there was a feature <laughs> like this you really liked. And Apple decided for you, you don't need that. You don't need that. It's frankly why I don't use uh, iPhones as my regular phone. I prefer Android because pretty much on an Android phone, whatever you want to do, you can do. I do tell people often, as I as I told you, Mike, that an iPhone's a good choice because for a lot of people, um, uh, you know, I'm a geek. I want to mess with everything. I want to play with every setting. I don't want things to change without my say-so. Even Android does a little too much of that for my taste. So I don't, I don't like the we'll do it for you attitude of, of Apple, um, especially since it seems lately to be a little more assertive and less predictable. And you, you raise a good one. If you can still send texts, but you can't turn on do not disturb, huh? And all I can guess is Apple's saying, well, we don't want people from afar to turn off your ability to get text messages or phones uh, calls. That would be a uh, hazard. Right? What if, what if just now, I said, "Hey, Shlomo, turn on Do Not Disturb," and a million phones turned on Do Not Disturb, and people thought they were going to get phone calls and they weren't. That you know what? That would be a problem, wouldn't it? It's one of the reasons it's illegal to do cell phone jammers in movie theaters, for instance. I know a lot of people say, "Why don't they just jam cell phones in movie theaters, and we wouldn't have to worry about people talking on their phone?" Well, you can't because of this public safety hazard. There are parents who are who want to make sure their kids can call them, and the babysitter can reach them, or the doctor can reach them, or a spouse can reach them, and they want to be able to at least know that the phone's ringing. If you can turn on Do Not Disturb from afar with just a voice command, yeah, I guess I can see why they disable that. You know what? You should what do, what you should always do, and what Android tends to do is there should be a switch somewhere in the settings where you could say, "I know it's a hazard, but I want it anyway." They don't do that, and that's fairly typical. That's fairly typical. Uh, our show today, thank you for the call, Mike. I didn't know. And heads up to everybody if you use that. But I, I would guess that's why. They don't want you to be able to disable a lot of people's phones just by a command. Our show today brought, to, it would work better if they, you know, you do customize it. Somebody's saying in the chat room, well, don't you customize Siri to only answer to your voice? Yeah, but it's not perfect. If I say, hey, you know who right now, there will be a significant number of, of iPhones that will wake up. So there, there are people whose voice sounds enough like mine that it isn't real security. It's just kind of sort of security. Our show today brought to you by Simply Safe, real security, it, but protecting your home. I mean, your physical security is important. You know, fire detectors, smoke detectors, carbon. Do you have a carbon monoxide detector? So important. A crack in the in your you know, heating, in your furnace's heat transfer plate could leak carbon monoxide. It's odorless. It can kill you. You need a carbon monoxide detector. You, you probably this is summertime. Burglaries very common. You want to have glass break, motion detectors, window sensors, door sensors. You probably investigated this. So did the guy who started Simply Safe, and he said, "Wow, they're charging a lot. I can do better." He was an electrical engineer. He said, "I'm going to design the Simply Safe system so anybody can install it, and better yet, I'm going to charge less than fifteen bucks a month for twenty four seven professional grade monitoring with no contract." And Simply Safe was born. The average home burglary costs the homeowner $2,000. For a lot less, you can protect yourself and you should. Go to simplysafeleo.com. You'll get a 100 bucks off their complete package. Hand-picked home security system. Everything you need including carbon monoxide. Simplysafeleo.com for 100 bucks off. Protect yourself, protect your family. Simplysafeleo.com news at the uh, top of the hour's next. Another hour to go with the Tech Guy Show. Stay right here. More of your calls right after this. Well, hey, hey, hey. How are you today? Leo Laporte here, the Tech Guy. Time to talk computers or the internet and home theater and digital photography. Smartphones, smartwatches, and all that jazz. What is smart? Can we drop smartwatches? We dropped um, GPSs. We dropped iPods. We're not talking about iPods much anymore or GPS devices. Why? You got a phone. How long before we stop talking about smartwatches? Is is it? I've been, I I said a year ago, the Apple watch was a flop. Nobody agreed with me. And I still see people wearing them. But uh, really, you can live without that, right? It's just, it's not, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't interesting. It wasn't that good. It didn't do that much. Uh, I knew Watch OS three is coming out next month, and there's some nice things they're finally are kind of putting in some things that they needed to. But Apple was reluctant to because they were so nervous about battery life. Nobody wanted, nobody wanted an Apple Watch that died after half a day. You know, I'm not going to plug in my watch at four in the afternoon because it's run out of juice. So Apple was very conservative in the capabilities they allowed. Things like having applications actually run on the watch. But they've realized, no, I think we 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 got enough now. So they're going to kind of ramp up the capabilities of the Apple Watch. Still not enough. I wore an Android Wear watch for a long time. It's just not – I mean, really, what is a wristwatch? It's to tell time, right? And it's a piece of jewelry. That's really what it is. For people who wear watches, and nobody does anymore because your phone tells you the time. But for people who wear watches, it's really those two things. It was a, a piece of jewelry, attractive thing you could wear on your wrists uh, often a status symbol because they're very expensive or maybe you could say well it's it's not the money it's just the beautiful engineering i'm admiring or whatever uh i think it's most often most often a status symbol oh you're wearing an andes piaget well my goodness you must be i don't even know how to pronounce it piquet (laughs) piquet So that's the first thing. Can you pronounce my watch? Because I'm not even going to talk to you if you can't pronounce it. It's a Timex, Timex. Yes, that's right. I think smartwatches for health. I guess for a health band, I see a lot of. I still see a lot of health bands. You know, Fitbits and and other that you know, pedometers. Right, that's valuable. That's useful. Um, but they're cheap. They're you know uh, uh, they shouldn't be more than a couple hundred bucks at most, maybe a hundred bucks. Not three hundred fifty dollars. That's the minimum price you get in an Apple Watch. Poor. I think I don't know why am I belaboring this. I think it's obvious now, right? Let's take that off the list. Smartphones for sure. Virtual reality. There's another. Eh, I think the uh, the jury's still out on VR. I was all into it. You know, I got the, we got the Oculus Rift. I thought, oh, this is cool. I got the Vive for me. Oh, this is cool. I'm playing the games. Love it. Yeah, neat. I'm in the middle of it. Played with a Gear VR. You know, the Samsung thing. In fact, I even just ordered the Gear VR 360 degree camera. Oh, that's, oh, that's so cool. Oh, look. And then you get a little queasy and you never wear it again. I'm wondering if that's just yet another Gimmick. There's a lots of that in the tech industry, stuff. We're just, you know what, the tech industry is trying stuff, and they're just throwing spaghetti against the wall, and if it sticks, well, I got a hit. Do you remember what the hottest, fastest growing tech item was before the iPhone? Microsoft Connect. It sold like hotcakes. I bought one, and then the Xbox One came out with the Kinect. Basically, Microsoft just abandoned it. Everybody got it. Nobody did anything with it. That's it. It's over. Bye. It was a camera. It sensed your motion. Actually, it was pretty cool. The Xbox One, it could see if you were, it could see, like, if your heart was working. And so the exercise videos on the Xbox One would say, work harder, work harder. You're not getting your heart rate up enough, because I guess it could see if you were, like, Like your heart was pounding. I need some cool stuff. The new um, Microsoft Xbox One S doesn't even have an X Connect connector. Doesn't come with a Connect. Doesn't even have a connector. It's like, yeah, we're done with that. You can waste a lot of money in this industry. That's why you should listen to this show because I I will try to tell you if something's. Of course, I fell for the Connect. I fell for VR. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't listen to this show. Maybe you should just not buy anything. (laughs) <laughs> you'd, you'd probably be saying, I have a friend who uh, that's his uh, that's his M O. He's a tech writer who just does hates everything. And you know what? That's not a bad way to be because m- most of the time you're right. Occasionally you miss a big thing. He thought the mouse was a bad idea. He said nobody nobody wants a a mouse a mouse pointer. Nobody needs that. He was wrong on that one, but he's been right on most of the other stuff. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. 8888 Ask Leo. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. Scott in Arlington, Texas. You're next. Hi, Scott. Hey there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. I got a
12: little problem, and uh, it, it's not a major one. I write a lot on my phone, on an iPhone, and every time I misspell a word, or I use, actually use a custom word, I can't add it to the dictionary, and it keeps this little red line under it. It drives me absolutely bananas.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you because uh, like your proper names, the name of your town, if if the dictionary doesn't uh-huh. have it, it's very exactly. frustrating.
12: And the phone dictionaries are rather small so it yeah,
1: does,
12: you so know, the it ideal
1: way to do this use... the the ideal way to do this would be, and a lot of computers do this when it does underline a word saying it's misspelled. Would be to let you hold the word, for instance, and say add to dictionary. Unfortunately, but, it's not as easy on iOS. You actually have yeah. to go to the keyboard settings, believe it or not, <laughs> and
0: do it there.
1: So, I have
12: tried that, and I, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, you add it in the substitutions bill, and it still got a red line. It in doesn't.
1: It, it, uh, it doesn't rem- Well. Uh, that's not good so the text replacement isn't what isn't where you want it to be huh no no it's it's
12: not it doesn't seem to add it the way you know it's not adding it to the dictionary yeah it
1: should something. right you you said this is what i want and it doesn't add it that's very frustrating um yeah. well let's see is there another way to add custom words to the uh, ios dictionary um do, 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 do. Oh, this is interesting. All right, I'm finding something kind of odd. <laughs> um override autocorrects. No, that's overriding autocorrect suggestions. The bubble autocorrects the you misspelled. So it can it will learn it. But it's kind of weird. So are you? You know, you're using the Apple keyboard, the built-in keyboard. Uh,
12: no, I'm using a uh, a Bluetooth keyboard.
1: Uh, okay, but when you type, do you see? I guess you wouldn't with the Bluetooth keyboard. So if you did the on-screen keyboard, mm-hmm. it's going to make when you miss when you type something that Apple thinks is mistyped, it will have a correction.
6: Right.
1: You've seen that, right? It's got the three suggestion. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah.
12: So one on the left is the one you type. Right. So if you choose that, does that edit?
1: Yeah. Add it to it? Yeah, you can say, I, this is correct. And then autocorrect will, from now on, say, oh, when he types that, keep it. All right.
12: Okay. So I guess I got to, at a certain point, go in through my text and just start using the Apple keyboard and adding it to it. It's kind
1: of crazy. Mm. There seems like there should be a better way to do this. Yes,
12: <laughs> but it you know, yeah, it, this is Apple's Apple is attitude. Very unique when they yeah. add something, yeah. when they do something, they do it in in their own way. But when you figure out how it works, it's actually a pretty simple way to do it.
1: Yeah, that's the key: figuring out how it works. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. 8888-ASK-LEO. You know, this really should be easier to add custom words to the dictionary. But I guess part of the problem is when you're in a touch environment, it's a little more complicated, right? On a, on a word processor, when you're using a desktop computer, the word processor says, I don't know this word, and, you know, it puts a squiggly underline under it. And everything does this now, which is awesome. It's really good for my daughter and her generation. She's 24. She can't spell worth a lick. She couldn't even spell lick. and uh, But she doesn't have to, right? She uses a word processor. It does a little squiggly underline. She right-clicks on the word. If she wants to add it to the dictionary, it's easy. Or you can add it or ignore it. It's just kind of standard problem is you get in a touch environment well you can't right click anymore what would you do but i think there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to long press on that underlined word or whatever on the correction and have a menu pop up that says would you like to add this to the dictionary that's how it should be done and then you need somewhere you need a uh a, it could be in the settings a list of words you've added to the dictionary so you can correct them or subtract them or even type them in i always have to add my name you know my laporte has to be added to the dictionary usually and, the town I live in, Pudaluma, have to add that. You know, there's just on... What? It's not spelled Pudaluma? Pataluma? Oh, shouldn't have corrected that one, I guess. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. Lee is in Escondido, California. I was just down here.
2: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Beautiful weather. Beautiful weather today. I'm great. How are you? What can I do for you? I have the,
9: well, a couple of things. I have the uh, Samsung S7. And uh, when you type in an unfamiliar word right above the keyboard, you have a little check mark. Yeah. So you push that check mark, that, yeah. that word's automatically uh, remembered. Yeah. It's called Android. That's the solution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing I was calling you about, you were talking about the uh, the Walmart and Jet.com deal. Yeah,
1: what do you think? A $3 you, uh, billion dollars for Jet.com. Walmart's going to buy them.
9: Yeah, I know. Did you hear what Amazon has done to put themselves way above the phrase? They have leased 40 Boeing 767 yeah. cargo planes
1: yeah.
9: that they're going to use for their prime air.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? They have their own air
10: force. Uh, they, yeah. 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 Right.
1: They, have a, they have a picture of it on uh, Fox
9: Business, and it's got the uh, Prime Air logo on the side, and then on the tail it's got the Amazon arrow. And they, uh, it's a, I guess it's a pretty good deal for them because uh, they're leasing 20 from uh, Atlas Air and then uh, another 20 from uh, APSG. And uh, they're providing the crews, the uh, the planes, the insurance, and everything else, the maintenance.
1: Yeah, that's the way to do it, and they'd be crazy to buy a plane, right? Just lease it.
9: Yeah, well, yeah,
1: because they said that their their uh, shipping
9: uh, cost went up forty four percent, and that that's what they're thinking that this is going to bring that really down.
1: Amazon uh, is uh, I mean, a very well run company. Jeff Bezos, their CEO, is one of the richest men in the world. He he rivals the Walmart get the Walton gang for for their for personal wealth. Uh, and he's a smart fellow, but he is also the toughest guy in the business. When uh, remember, Amazon does deliver via most of the time UPS. Uh, when UPS threatened to oh, raise their,
9: their rates, their they have their own.
1: Yeah, he was he threatened to never use UPS again, <laughs> and UPS buckled. Uh, they have a lot of power, and now, of course, this with this jet air force uh this this raises interesting questions the plan is for it to deliver to the fulfillment centers uh which are being built all over the country this is one of the reasons amazon didn't make money for 10 years they sunk every penny they made into infrastructure so that they would be ready and now jeff bezos he's got a little knob next to his desk up there in seattle he just turned the profit knob up just a notch, so they're starting to make a lot of money and uh, but he can sink some of that profit into things like these. Uh, this Jet Air fleet isn't that amazing? Boeing seven sixty seven. They, they have their
9: own uh, distribution system right in uh, San Marcos. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. One of my next, one of my next door neighbors drives for them, and so when I order something from Amazon, it comes the Amazon truck to deliver the city That's ETS. right, yes.
1: Well, and, and here's another thing Amazon does. No. For Sunday delivery, you know, the uh, U.S. Postal Service doesn't deliver on Sunday. So that means there's a whole day of the week where there's these yeah. trucks just sitting around. So Amazon uh, hires uh, the USPS uh, postal workers on contract for the day and uses the trucks. And you'll, you'll see a, a delivery on Sunday from the Postal Service. But it's not – it's Amazon doing it. It's real – these guys are amazing. The only risk, of course, is as the company gets more and more dominant – becomes harder and harder to compete with them and uh, you know Walmart's one of the few companies jet jet really didn't have a future jet.com i mean even when they started i thought this is this is futile we've seen this before there's uh, for instance a, the fellow who uh, st- i think it was the same fellow who started uh, jet.com started diapers.com the idea was look we'll just focus on diapers <laughs> and uh, and we'll sell diapers and you know that kind of thing and uh and we can maybe under mark lore same guy maybe we could he did this in 2005 maybe we can undercut amazon and steal a little bit of their business so what does jeff bezos do well he cuts the price on diapers at amazon.com to well below cost basically makes it impossible for diapers.com to succeed and then buys them he <laughs> also for half a billion dollars in 2010 they also got soap.com i don't know if you know same idea. They also got Zappos.com. Same idea. When, you, when you're at the, but as as a user, now look, I love Amazon. I'm a Prime member. I buy everything first on, you know, I, when I bought my new TV, where'd I go? Amazon. I don't even look anywhere else. But we should keep in mind that you, you want competition. You want local bookstores so that there's somewhere to go in town to get a book. If you buy everything at Amazon, those bookstores are gone pretty soon is the only one place to get it is Amazon. Then they can charge you whatever they want, right? Cuz they got planes, they got trains, they got automobiles, they got everything. They they own the they own the fleet. So uh, I was I was rooting for jet.com but I didn't have high hopes. And jet.com probably Mark Lore knew. I mean, he did it once before with diapers.com. <laughs> that the best you can hope for is to get bought. Maybe he thought Amazon would buy him, but no, Walmart, and actually that makes sense cuz Walmart's about one of the Last companies in the world with enough revenue to to give Amazon a run for the money. What do you think? Can Walmart beat Amazon at its own game? They certainly have a brand name, they have a presence, they've got fulfillment centers. They're called Walmart stores. Some it may be. I'm sure Jeff Bezos has his eye on them. He's watching. And who knows what knobs he's got on that desk? Eighty-eight. Hey, I appreciate the call. You're absolutely. I forgot to mention that, Lee. And it's fascinating, isn't it? Forty cargo planes. There's no windows on them. You want a conspiracy theory? Look at the planes. There's no windows. What is in there? They're flying all over the place. They're just delivering Amazon stuff to the fulfillment centers. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. Let's talk high tech. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Don't forget our website techguylabs.com. We put everything there. I'll put a link to the plane the picture of the planes up there too. techguylabs.com Leo Laporte, the tech guy. 88, 88. Ask Leo. Michelle or Michaela. I think it's Michele is in L.A. Is it Michele? No, it's Michelle. Michelle. Two L's in Michelle, one L in Michaela.
6: I am the one L, Michelle. Actually, it's a registered trademark. Is it really? Are you the Michelle? I am the one L, Michelle. <laughs>
1: wow, that's cool. You must sell. You must sell something with your name on it.
6: Yes, very shortly. Probably, you know, not just domestically, but perhaps internationally, uh, people will know about my creative, which I've been told my creative brilliance. But
10: what is it that you? Uh, what is it
1: you make, Michelle?
6: Well, you know, I normally would say this on, you know, nationally on your radio show, but I'm going to hold off. But I will keep you posted. All right.
1: Oh yeah, you don't want to give away your trade secrets. Not right now. No, <laughs> top top secret. All right.
6: I, I, re- I, have a, I have an ability in humor. To people across the board. Oh, good. Uh, legal credentials. So, it, it How, has, can
1: you t- so, you could trademark your name. You just apply to the patent office and say, I want to trademark Michelle with one L?
6: Well, first of all, it's the trademark office. Patent is for you. Know, in the- well,
1: it's the same. It's USPTO. It's a USPTO. Right, it, it's
6: trademark. under the. Yeah, under yeah the I understand. PTO it's a trademark. As, yeah. USPTO. So, if you want to be something regardless of what it is, you can you can do it under you're on giving legal advice so on your show. You can do it under a logo, or you can do yeah. it under a word mark. Well, we have and we, we have, have
1: my podcast network is Twit. This week in tech, I have a trademark for Twit and a trademark for our logo, so nobody can steal that. And then along comes Twitter, and I'm so mad. But I but my trademark predates Twitter's. Unfortunately, everybody thinks I copied them. Anyway, everybody probably thinks you copied Michelle Obama. I mean, it's just the way it is. What can
6: I well, <laughs> well because I only have one now I I'm yes, really,
1: you're unique we really
6: have that that inference of copying anyone nice but we can talk about it off the air another time if you wish yeah, I would
1: I want to hear all about it. but meanwhile what can I do to help you
6: okay yeah so I, I was holding an hour and a half because I really need this advice and it's about an SSL certificate we spoke about it yesterday about an extended SSL certificate but I'm about because of my my business as a new entrepreneur, I need to buy an SSL certificate, and there's so many different variables. Yeah, let me let me
1: help you with this. So first of all, it only makes any difference if you have a website. You're going to have a website, right?
6: Yeah, of course. It's, okay. it's being developed. It so, stores up, and it's going to. So be the
1: way this, time. the easiest way to do this. So you presumably have a web hosting company that's hosting your website.
6: Yes, all of that is taken care of.
1: Okay, so even if you get a, a certificate they will have to install it. So I would talk to them. There's a free certificate authority that I uh, strongly encourage. But again, this is something they're going to have to do on your behalf. It's called Let's Encrypt. And it was created to kind of encourage sites to be secure. If you have on your site an SSL certificate, when people go to visit your site, they'll get the, the address will change from HTTP colon slash slash. Remember, we used to say that all the time. We don't say it anymore. But that's still there. To HTTPS for secure colon slash slash. And if you go to Amazon.com or Google's Gmail.com, you'll see that. S on the end of the HTTP. That means my conversation with that website is secure. It's encrypted. No one can read it. Uh, and more maybe even more importantly, from the point of view of somebody using that site they can click on the certificate and see if they're really where they think they are so when you go to amazon.com and you see HTTPS your browser will in some way indicate that that's secure usually with a padlock depends on the browser uh, you use but it'll it'll show it as being secure usually with a locked padlock if you click on uh, the padlock you can see the certificate you can verify that your connection is secure that the uh, the certificate is associated with the Amazon.com, and that's really valuable. All of that stuff is is great information, uh, and it's probably good for you just as practice, folks, to try this to to look at the certificates. Go to Amazon.com, and depends on your browser, but there will be a place to click where you can view the certificate, find out more about your connection. So, if you are doing e-commerce, Michelle, you want that. Um, Let's Encrypt was created uh, by uh, a number of nonprofits uh, to make it possible, because it's expensive to get a certificate, to make it possible for every site, even nonprofit sites, even sites that aren't making any money, even sites that aren't e-commerce sites, but just want to be secure to make it possible for them to get a certificate. So what you need to do, though, is talk to your uh, site host company and say I li- I need to get a certificate I'd like to use Let's Encrypt because they have to do the the you know the plumbing to make that work. Now, Let's Encrypt certificates are a little limited. They are not extended certs and so forth. If you need an extended cert or a wildcard cert, uh, a cert that uh, is more sophisticated, you'll have to pay for it. And there are a number of certificate authorities I use and I happen to like. They're not a sponsor, a company called DigiCert. D I G I C E R T. Uh, but a wildcard cert, for instance, would cost you several hundred dollars a year. It's it's not inexpensive. Extended cert, even more expensive. So start with Let's Encrypt. Almost every site can use Let's Encrypt and should use at least Let's Encrypt. And then you, your webmasters or your hosting company will know if you need more than that. Talk to the company that's designing your site and uh, and say, can we use Let's Encrypt? And in all likelihood, if they're smart, unless they're trying to gouge you and get a little percentage of the action, uh, they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, we can use Let's Encrypt. You want to do that? That's great. Let's do it. Let's have SSL. The advantage of SSL is uh, that your users are more comfortable. You, your site can't be spoofed. If you are doing e-commerce, you have to do that because you want to make sure you secure the credit card numbers. People are using things like that. Please, please, absolutely use SSL. Uh, we, you're gonna, I know you're going to go and look at Tech Guy Labs and say, well, Leo, <laughs> you say that, but your site is not secure. I know, I know. We got to get around to securing uh, TechI Labs. I haven't done that yet. I will. Our uh, our podcast site, twit.tv, TV, uh, is SSL, and we used a DigiCert for that cert. Um, there are all kinds of cert companies out there. Um, I, I there are some that are less good than others. I really like DigiCert, but I think for most of us, uh, most sites, you can just use the free Let's Encrypt. And this is they've they have now. There's you know. It takes a little more effort. The cert that they give you is not good for a year. It's only good for three months. You have to go back every three months. It's automated, though, so it's not hard. And that's why you really need the cooperation of your of whoever's managing your website in conjunction with your hosting company. If you've got somebody managing your website, they'll know what to do. Let them ask them. Say, I want a cert. You don't do that yourself in general, Michelle. You're not doing your site yourself. You shouldn't do a cert yourself. The cert doesn't, isn't actually really owned by you necessarily. It's, just, it's assigned to that site. It's assigned to that domain name. Uh, and some, and you know, some hosting companies will do it for you. You should check the prices. Uh, you know, if you're hosted at GoDaddy, for instance, you can get the site certificate from them. That might be a little easier because the, that's a little more automated, right? Good luck, Michelle. When you, when you finally launch, let us know what you're up to, what secret thing you are up to. Uh, I'll put links to Let's Encrypt and DigiCert, and you can put your comments too, if you have a cert authority, a certificate authority you really like at our website, techguylabs.com. You can find uh, every show there. This is episode 1312. They're all up there, hour by hour, question by question. Also, audio and video later after the fact. So if you miss a show, you can go back and see it. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy. Wonderful. Kim Schaffer answering the phone. And you here listening, my life is complete. Welcome to the Tech Guy Show. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy. One more segment to go. Let's talk to Sam in the beautiful state of North Carolina. Hi, Sam. Hey, Leo. Uh, First time caller, long time listener. Right Um, on,
13: daddy-o. Got a quick questions and a comment real quick, but um, I used to have uh, Windows Home Server uh, version one and two. um, And I love the pool they had where you could add hard drives yeah. and increase your storage yeah um, they killed it so, yeah so i found a program i don't know if you've ever heard of it or not called drive Bender. no um it actually will let you add hard drives network attached uh, storage um, external hard drives internal hard drives and have it as NTSF, ntfs so if, if the drive dies you could, it actually has redundancy, too. So if your drive does, you can take the drive out, put another one in, and it rebuilds itself, and you still have one drive, one large drive.
1: They call this drive pooling, and it's a great yes. idea. If you've ever right. used a RAID 5 device or a Drobo or something like that, you've seen this in action where you have multiple drives. There's redundancy. You can even lose a drive or, in some cases, more. And it's just hot-swap in a new drive. It rebuilds itself, and you've not lost any data. It's a brilliant right. idea.
13: Right. Well, I've got I've got that set up on my server. I've got 48 terabytes of hard drive space on my server. Um, and I've got all of my TV shows, all my movies, which comes to my question. Um, and I've got uh, 2,500
1: movies and about 6,000 TV shows. With you are – you're ready for the desert island, aren't you? You are never going to run out of entertainment now.
13: Well, our internet is not very good. And ah, so that's a
1: good reason to do I, it. You can stream locally,
13: yeah. Right. Well, I've got Apple TVs around the whole house and the
1: network. Um, and anyway, um, I, this one, is really well, great. I had not heard of Drivebender. Uh, and it's cheap, five bucks for a free. license, you know, or it's free. It's free. Yeah. It's free. You can, they ask for donations. I love this idea. I love this. Well, idea. The,
13: and the best part about that whole thing is if your computer dies, you unhook it, hook it up to another computer, and all the files are still there and you can still read it.
1: But uh-huh. um, now it requires geez. Windows, though, right? Uh, I think it requires Windows, and I think you can do it in Linux also. All right. I'll have to check it out uh, because there is, you know, this is part of the reason this exists is because our file systems are so junky. They don't do this themselves, and there is, you know, there is on Linux and uh, BSD. There's a file system that's been around for a long time, created by Sun, called ZFS, that does this. It's part. It's just the file system should just do this. Uh, There are other file systems like BTRFS that's uh, starting to become more common on Linux. Does the same thing. Uh, Our our file systems are antiquated. Apple's planning to move to a pooling file system called APFS uh, in next year, and it's about time. Because their file system's 30 years old, HFS and HFS Plus, and right. doesn't do things that modern file systems should do, like drive pooling. So, But th- but in, in the interim, at least here's a good suggestion. Thank
13: you. Right. Um, no, you're welcome. Um, well, here comes my question, though. I've got it all on iTunes. Um, I'm actually using Plex and iTunes. Um, but for some reason, iTunes will delete movies and TV shows randomly.
1: I and I've
13: I got the folder, but the movie's going in and it's not in iTunes and I was wanting to find out do you know if there's a limit on what iTunes can do
1: not theoretically but iTunes is such a junky program that has not been that is Apple I'm getting madder and madder at Apple can I just say this they have let this program go downhill it's terrible and they need to rewrite it stat um I I could go on I mean you know they haven't updated the the Mac mini in four years they haven't updated the MacBook Pro 13 inch in three years. It's like they, that all they want to do is make iPhones. And right. Like you can't blame them. <laughs> but but it leaves a little, us in the lurch. Is the file still there? It's just not in the iTunes library or is the file. No, the file is just. Oh, that's God. not okay. That's well, a bad bug. Even if I
13: buy a movie or buy a TV show or buy a movie, once in a while, if I go to purchase items and see if there's anything new that I've got, um, like in the, if I order a TV series or whatever, um, it'll re download shows that I know I've got on there that I've downloaded. It redownloads because it just disappeared the good thing is i've got a nas set up with extra on top of my server that's backing in my file so if anything does disappear instead of having to sit there and re-rip it redo the whole thing i can pull it off the nas and it's back it back up
1: is it but, um, i'm wondering um so one reason this might happen you're, you're buying this from itunes so you have to use itunes because it's got right. copy protection one right. reason might be if a, if uh, the rights problem you know if the company that made the tv show or the movie decides eh, we're not gonna sell this through itunes anymore i i wouldn't be surprised if itunes reaches out and deletes it yeah, because they don't have a that's license to it anymore but that but that's not right and this is the right. problem with digital purchases you don't really own it though um it's it does it on
13: ones that i actually rip and it does it on oh ones that I buy.
1: that's just not okay it's not even right. something they got
13: you bought on itunes it's just well I'm, I'll, I'll give you something else you can go about apple with um in the last month um Fox has anything you buy from Fox, Archer, Bones, Hell's uh, Kitchen, or anything—they have ads on the TV shows now. Uh,
1: that's not Apple's fault.
13: That's Fox. No, it's not. That's Fox right. doing that. But, they, but Fox is starting to do it. And I'm you know, it's dumb. I gotta say,
1: you gotta listen companies because you hear these people what they're gonna, t- what they're ending up doing. You're gonna people are just gonna pirate it. Your competition is BitTorrent, pirated copies. So right. stop being so darn greedy. You sold them the move, the show. Sell it at an appropriate price so you can make your money back or make some profit. That's fine. But don't add ads. Well, I paid
13: $25 for Hell's Kitchen and I had a Toyota You shouldn't
1: version. have an ad in there. It's like when I go to the movies and pay thirteen fifty to see a movie mm-hmm. and I have to sit through 10 minutes of advertisements. What is wrong? These companies... Something's going on where companies just don't care about customers anymore. They don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know what? We're gonna—they're greedy. We're gonna get—we're gonna squeeze them dry. We're gonna get every penny out of them. We're just gonna squeeze them. There's nothing more. Well, you know what? Customers revolt, and there are choices that don't make you any money. So right. start treating your customers with some respect. And Apple, please fix iTunes. I would say don't use iTunes, but obviously when you buy it from Apple because of the copy protection, you mm-hmm. have to. Another, oh, another wonderful, wonderful technology that that you know probably is to blame for this all it does is teach people to be pirates because it's more convenient once you learn how to be a pirate it's great you never have copy protection problems everything works i hooked up my new tv last night i was trying to watch uh, the olympics and it kept saying you can't watch it because uh, this is copy protected material and you clearly do not own the rights to it i said i'm watching on my cable box connected to my new tv what are you talking about Finally, I swapped HDMI cables, and that fixed it. It was some dumb thing. But copy protection should not punish legitimate users, and that's the only people it punishes because the illegal users don't have it. Right. (laughs) So I don't know what the answer. I've never heard of this. That's terrible. I I, I, I hope you're making backups. I hope you're making backups. Yeah.
13: Um, I've actually got a uh, 13, 14 terabyte uh, Western Digital NAS, my cloud NAS, that I'm backing up to.
1: Um, we have to stand up as end users to these companies and say no more. Apple, well, fix iTunes. I, I, did,
13: I did call Apple and talked to them and told them I went to feedback to let them know. I also contacted Fox and told them that I'm not going to buy no more of their TV shows Good. Um, if they continue to do yeah, that.
1: Everybody needs to do that. Everybody needs to stand up and be counted because they're just going to do this. They're going to squeeze us until we say no more. Right. So, Sam, thank you for calling them. And, you know, uh, I know it's a pain and, it, and you know nothing's going to happen. But if everybody does, they're going to sit up and take notice. Right. Sam, I got to run. I thank you for the call. And I don't have a fix for you. That's terrible. I'm just – and thanks for the tip, by the way. I'm going to try this uh, Bender. This is DriveBender. What a great idea. It's uh, it's from division-m.com, division-m.com. Our show today brought to you by Carbonite Online Backup. Now, here's a company that cares about you. They care because they're saving your data. Carbonite is a backup solution that that automatically, continuously saves your most precious stuff to the Carbonite cloud where it's safe in its beautiful climate-controlled vacation. It's a paradise for data, but you can still get to it. You can log on to your Carbonite account on any computer. There's your stuff. Use their free apps. You don't have to worry about ransomware. You don't have to worry about data loss. You don't have to worry about fire, flood, tornado. Carbonite's got your back. Try it free. No credit card needed at Carbonite.com. Use my name, Leo. Leo. Uh, when you do the free trial, that way, if you decide to buy, you'll get two months free with purchase. You gotta back it up to get it back. Do it right with Carbonite. Out of time, I can't believe it. We'll do this again uh, next time. Okay, can you come back? All right. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Have a great geek week.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
10: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.